We are shifting some things around this week. Instead of WTSP Wednesday, I'm going to be joined today by David Harrison. He has some thoughts on the Saints game that he wants to get out there. So instead, I'm going to be joined by Evan on Friday now. But David is here. He has thoughts on the Buccaneers' loss to the New Orleans Saints. We are going to dive into those. We are going to give our takeaways from the game. We are going to hear from all of you, our listeners that called in, venting your frustrations, giving your takes, all that and more coming up on today's Locked on Bucks. You are Locked on Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast. Thank you making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch every day. We're free and available on all podcasting platforms and available over on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. We really appreciate it. David, our, our YouTube channel is growing. It but is. you know what else is growing? What's that? Our followers over on Twitter, which you can be a part of, at Locked On Bucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore nation david mm-hmm. we're, we're changing we're, we called an audible yeah i mean we we couldn't get out of this saints i felt for one i felt bad because i'm like of course james has to go solo to react to only the second loss of the season and it's a loss to the new orleans saints in new orleans so i'm like this is this is the this is the project that i've left james to handle on his own plus we couldn't not have bucks nation go without filipino kevin smith's comments on on this latest loss so we had to come in and we had to call an audible real quick we had to throw this episode in there because just like everybody else i have some thoughts on this games i have some some reactions to uh tampa bay buccaneers of course if if for whatever reason you've forgotten losing in new orleans to the new orleans saints 36 to 27 to follow six and two on the season um but like you said in the the cold open like you said in the intro let's hear first from some buccaneers fans or a, a buccaneers fan before we get the conversation started. Hey guys, it's Paddy from Devon in England. Um, just about to tuck myself into bed. It's uh, almost one o'clock in the morning here. It was a, it's a long and painful game, man. A long and painful game to watch. Um, especially watching the defence, the way that they played tonight. Just absolutely no discipline. Um, a, a lot of unnecessary penalties. I've seen a few people complaining online, on social media, about the officials, you know, especially with the late hit on Simeon. Don't get me wrong, I don't think it was a late hit. I think the helmet came off and blinded his vision. But but hey, the decision was made and we didn't help ourselves. It's not the only penalty we gave up. We gave up numerous penalties. We gave up numerous yards. So going into the bye week on a loss is painful, but we did the exact same last year. We went into the, into the bye week after losing to the Chiefs and uh, came back after that bye week, regrouped. Um, and didn't lose a game for the rest of the season. Went on to win all the regular season games, all the playoff games on the road and and the Super Bowl. So I think we need to just go away this week, learn from our mistakes this week, especially with the penalties on the defence, um, and, and make sure that throughout the rest of the season, we, we out more than anything, we outplay the Saints and that we make sure that we actually secure this division because it's not won yet. We haven't won this division. Um, the Saints can quite easily take it from us if they keep playing the way that they are and, you know, we don't we don't want to be entering the playoffs via a wild card spot. So we need to make sure that we win the rest of the games throughout the rest of the season. Um, it's not going to be easy. We've got some tough matchups, especially with the Bills later on in the season. Um, 
but just more than anything, making sure we don't go in on that wild card spot. Try and get some home games <laughs> this reg- this playoff season and make a big run and a big push for uh, for the Super Bowl. So, hey, it's just another game. Long way to go yet. So, regroup, go again, go Bucks. Patty, thank you so much for calling in. Great to hear from you. Hope you continue to call in. Um, look, on, on Monday's episode, I gave my thoughts on a lot of these. Uh, you know, I was frustrated with the the penalties that the defense was getting. I was frustrated with the penalties in general as well as the officiating. Um, it, it did. It looked like an undisciplined defense. Uh, but, you know, a lot of season left. I, I was conveying a lot of frustration, but at the same time, I was not hitting the panic button. Uh, there were people on Twitter talking about fire Bruce Arians, fire Todd Bowles. Then there were people on on Twitter on Monday talking about how Devin White is terrible at football. Just because you have a bad game doesn't make you terrible at football. Let's make that very, very clear. Um, as far as the roughing the passer penalty, David, I know you have some thoughts on it. Yep. I'm I'm a little bit more on, on Patty's side. I have some, some thoughts on it as well, but you can even take a look at Devin White's roughing the passer penalty. And that was the weakest of weak sauce. His hand barely grazes a face mask. Like, I mean, like, eh, like, okay. You, you incidentally made slight contact with a face mask, but you know, we're not going to call holds against the saints. We're not going to call illegal hands to the face against the saints. Again, the referees were not the reason the bucks lost. They kept shooting themselves in the foot, but it certainly didn't help. Yeah, I mean, there's a difference. There's a difference between blaming the officials, right, and then uh, holding the official ca- accountable as much as we can. I mean, they don't answer to us. We don't. We don't find them. We don't hire them. We don't fire them. Yeah, I mean that that seems to be true these days as well. But um, there's nothing wrong with identifying deficiencies in officiating when talking about a team, uh, a team game, as long as you understand that the team is still responsible for winning said game, right? Like. The officials, there, there's no penalty that awards points. There's just not like there's no penalty that awards touchdowns and 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 all these things. And there's no there's no penalties that give the ball like there's no 15 yard personal foul. Uh, you know, loss of down end ball goes to the other team like that doesn't happen. So at the end of the day, it's still on you to prevent points, score points, and take the ball away uh, from your opponent. That being said, um, I thought it was a very fairly called game, and and every Buccaneers fan that hears me say that is going to hate me for saying that because here's the thing. The, the officials called, allowed both sides to play very physically beyond the line of scrimmage, where they weren't putting up with a whole lot of whatever you want to call it, is behind the line of scrimmage and for the quarterback. And Coach Arians talked about it as well. And just for the record, I mean, none of you are in my brain dome, so you can't know this for sure, but I formulated this take about the officiating before I, I listened to Bruce Arians' Monday press conference where he said pretty much the same thing. This officiating crew was honing in on quarterback penalties, on contact to the quarterback, on penalties against the quarterback. And listen, there were a couple calls uh, that happened, or there were a couple plays that happened before that one where if you if you kind of pay attention a little bit, you see the officials talking to Buccaneers players after a hit on quarter on a quarterback. One was on Jameis Winston that I remember uh, 100%. It was, the, it was the one where Ndamukong Sue shoved Jameis Winston after he got rid of the ball. And you could see an official talking to him, Ndamukong Sue's like, what are you talking about? Like, nothing, nothing's wrong. So it's not like they didn't also say, hey, guys, you can't do that crap. Like, we're going to flag you for this in some way, shape, or form, right? Now, again, I'm not in the earpieces. I don't know exactly what was said, but you can kind of put two and two together. Ross Cockrell has a penalty downfield where he's literally riding a Saints wide receiver down the field. You can't do that. Like, I I don't care how freely a team – it kind of go back to the NFC Championship game, the Green Bay Packers game, where they're letting the defenders play physical defense all game long. 
And then I think it was, it was a Kevin King, right? Or the Green Bay Packers basically mauls a Buccaneers wide receiver. gets a flag for every Packers fan in the stadium on Twitter and saying, you've been letting them get away with all that stuff all day. Today, you let, or that one play, you let them, you don't let them get away with it. Well, that one was a little bit different. Again, Ross Cockrell basically engages with the receiver off the line of scrimmage and just rides him all the way down the field. You can't do that and expect any officiating crew uh, to get away with it. But they called that game. I don't. I didn't see any hits to Tom Brady. I didn't see any head smacks to Tom Brady that didn't get called. And that is where I look at this. It's not just a matter of holistic penalties, all the penalties in general. That crew was letting them play physical, pass the line of scrimmage, and they were not letting them play physical against the quarterback. And it was consistent all day. The Buccaneers just kept making mistakes. As far as the heads, like, I agree that some of these rules have gone too far, and they kind of mentioned during the broadcast, too, that they've gone a little too far protecting the quarterback. I agree with that, but the rules are the rules are the rules. Devin White didn't have to smack Trevor Simeon in the face mask. Like, I get that it's hard to do that full speed. You're going full speed. You're going 100 miles an hour. Things are going to kind of happen. I get that, but that's the rule. I ugh, I have thoughts, and I'm going to try, yeah. to, I'm going to, try to keep them as brief well, as Well, we possible. can flip them onto the other side of the break, though, too. Uh, real quick. I, I will I will agree that it's up to the players to you know make sure that they are playing within the confines of the rules. Mm-hmm. However, I will strongly disagree that the referees called this game the same way for both sides. Because but as, was there but was there a pen? This isn't fair I'll, for me to say, James Jarko, on the spot as we're recording this episode. But you know Twitter, you know how this yeah. works. If Tom Brady was getting smacked upside the head or getting hit late all game long and it wasn't getting called, clips would be out there. Tweets would be out there. The social media landscape would Absolutely. be a buzz of Tom Brady not getting the same calls that Jameis Winston or Trevor Simeon got. And they're not out there. And they're not out there because they, at least from a, from an upfront point of view, they don't exist. And honestly, I don't think Troy Aikman, as a quarterback, would have allowed the officiating crew to get away with giving penalties to one side, not giving the same treatment to the other side. Uh, during the broadcast. And I'm not even specifically referring to just the roughing the passer. Here's the thing. Okay, so Will Golston bumps into Simeon after getting his helmet ripped off on an illegal hands to the face. Fine. He should have restrained himself. He shouldn't have bumped into Trevor Simeon. They throw the flag. It costs the Buccaneers a a, a turnover. Let's take a look at the flip side. You have Tom Brady throwing an interception on a pass intended for Tyler Johnson where two, two, Different Saints corners, at the very least, should have been flagged for defensive holding. There was a blatant defensive pass interference. So if you're going to nab Ross Cockrell for riding a a Saints receiver down the field, it's not being called equally on the other side, and it costs the Buccaneers the possession. Something that we can agree on, David, is that anybody that buys gas needs to know about Get Upside. Our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas. Every time they fill up, they just have to download the Get Upside app for free in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN. You're going to get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free, use promo code TOUCHDOWN, and get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back. There's no catch. The cash gets added right to your account. 
You can cash out anytime to your bank account, your PayPal. You can redeem it for an e-gift card for Amazon or other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. Thanks for making the Locked On Bucks podcast your first listen or your first view. Every day we are free and available on all platforms. David Harrison and James Yarko at dharrison82 at Yarko underscore Bucks here for the Locked On Bucks podcast at Locked On Bucks on Twitter. You know, we've got you covered for everything Buccaneers with a trade deadline right around the corner. Don't miss our live NFL trade deadline show reactions to every move plus a second half season preview and much more. Catch the live show live from 3 to p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern, November 2nd on the Locked On NFL YouTube page james we do not agree on the way the referees officiate the game and here's the thing at the end of the day i don't think like unless you and i sit down with with an xos machine and we go play by play clip by clip that we're ever going to agree in this arena that's just that's just something that's never going to happen and believe me there are plenty of buccaneers fans already probably in the comments or in the mentions telling me how wrong i am and and whatever else whatever other colorful language they decide to use well, this. Be, be respectful when telling David how wrong. And that's fine. But at the end of the day, Bruce Arians agrees with me because he said he talked about it in his press conference on Monday. And that's really that's all I need is for Bruce Arians and I to be on the same page. Um, but before we get to our second voicemail I, of the episode, I want to let you get in your final parting words. Well, first off, I just think Bruce Arians doesn't want to get fined. Let's let's put that to bed right now, because if he's out there openly criticizing, officiating, he's going to get fined for it. Yeah, but he can get around not criticizing them without saying that it's on his players to play more disciplined football, which is exactly what he said. And it is on the players to play more disciplined football. My big gripe with with your take on it is saying that the officials called the game evenly. When you are calling Buccaneers players for defensive pass interference or Uh defensive holding Uh and giving free first downs, remember – Eight defensive penalties. Six of those resulted in first downs. Right. And I'll even I'll even throw off to the side the the roughing the passer penalties. Fine. The rules are, are ticky tech. Will Golston's was far closer to Devin White's in terms of what is actually roughing the quarterback. And then you have the the dumb taunting penalty, which is just a stupid rule to begin with. But it's but the it, rule. It like, is the rule. That's it the is thing, the though. Like, I'm I, not gonna, like, I'm not gonna argue that it is the rule. It's like we are. Stupid. Like that's what we're arguing. Like we're talking about the, the teams aren't getting called the same way. Did a Saints player at any point not. in this game bend over a Buccaneers player on the field and taunt did, them? Did a Buccaneers defender? Did a Buccaneers secondary player get called for pass interference or no. defensive holding at any point in this game? Defensive holding, yes, the one okay. time. Then Ross Cockrell wasn't it had called to be called New Orleans. On a play that gave New Orleans a possession, gave them uh, a takeaway. We're going to look this up. All right, James, the play, the play in question, right? The interception. Okay. I will give you that whoever is defending Tyler Johnson, yes, could have been, could have been called for uh, defensive holding. You're contending that the referees cost the Buccaneers a possession because it led to an interception. Here's what, here's what I'm going to say to that. The Ross Cockrell holding penalty didn't lead to an interception. You know Why? Because Trevor Simeon didn't throw it into double coverage due to that penalty. Yes, the Saints defender held Taylor, Tyler Johnson off the line of scrimmage, past the five-yard mark, into, into the route, all those things. Those are absolutely 100% true. I don't see pass interference on Chris Godwin. We're just going to have to agree to disagree on that. I don't see pass interference on Chris Godwin. I did see the holding penalty that you're talking about not get called. But Tom Brady still throws the ball where two receivers of his are in the same area, which means two defenders are in the same area. And Tom Brady himself would tell any quarterback, 
You should not be throwing the ball where two of your routes have converged because that is not a good place to throw the ball. So Tom Brady knows better. So the referees, they may have missed the the defensive holding. I will give you that. But that's one penalty here. They did not cause the interception. Tom Brady caused that interception. The roughing the passer penalties. Here's the other thing about the William Golson penalty that I think is getting lost a little bit in the mix. The William Golson penalty came right after the Donovan Smith or the the uh, Devin White one. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that has something to do with it. I think that has something to do with it. You just, your team just roughed the passer, quote unquote, by the letter of the law. And you just did that again. And from an official standpoint, if he's seeing what I'm seeing, that you willingly just chest bump the quarterback, you're basically daring him to do it again. So again, that, that little bit of context there, then you have the taunting, which I hate the taunting rule just as much as anybody else. But you're Devin White. You cannot stand over Mark Ingram. First of all, you didn't do anything. Like, you caught tackled Mark Ingram. Like, you are the one who went backwards on that play, by the way. But it then was you stand up and you look over Mark Ingram yelling at him. You can't do that. Like, you, you know you can't get away with that. So almost every other penalty is a pre-snap infraction. The, the question that I have, if I'm remembering correctly, the, the Devin White hit. That was on a third down play, was it not? The roughing the passer, the helmet slap? No, 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 no. The, the, the taunting. Oh, I mean, are you going to justify the taunting? Um, I'm just saying. No, it was on a first and 10. And was uh, it? first and 10 and Mark Ingram ran for six yards. Okay. <laughs> All right. I just remember, I know it was late in the game. Yeah, it was late in the game. But again, it's it's a terrible rule. It is a yeah. rule, but it's a terrible rule that is horrendously over enforced i I agree i i I hate the fact that we're trying to turn emotional football players into robots now all of that said all of that said the defensive pass interference was declined so that doesn't that doesn't count that's not called i'm just saying though we're talking about how the refs called the game they called one dpi and it was against the saints right but and and Again, I have problems with some of the calls against the Bucs, but mm-hmm. not not all of them. Some of those were legitimate penalties. There's no doubt about it. But now the question is, if we go back and we watch every single snap, how many similar type plays by the same? That's what I'm saying. There's two hold penalties. There's two hold penalties on the Buccaneers offense. The Ryan Jensen one, I can tell you right now, is absolutely, absolutely a hold. Absolutely. The Donovan Smith one, I don't remember it in my brain piece. I, but I remember when it happened that I was like, yeah, that's definitely a hold, bro. And did the my- Saints get away with some holds? Potentially. But again, you're talking two penalties and you're talking penalties on the offense. The offensive penalties isn't what torpedoed this team anyway. It's the right. defensive penalties. But you go through those penalties. The taunting is a taunt. The horse collar is a horse collar. The the roughing the passers, those are legit penalties. They're letter of the law. They're nip, they're minimum. They're like five miles over, you know, 30 and a 25 letter of the law. I, I agree, but they're letter of the law. And know, that's what you have to operate with it. The other thing and, and shout out, I, I'm 99% sure it was Bailey Adams that tweeted this out. If Jameis Winston doesn't plant his leg and get injured on that play, they're not throwing a flag because that flag was not thrown potentially. until Jameis is laying on the ground and injured. That's until there's until uh, there's yeah i mean you see calls like that in the nba all the time where it's like there's a foul let's see if it affects the play if it does we'll call it. if it doesn't we'll let it go which i mean honestly yes. only that only feeds into my point is that they were letting them get away with physical play unless they absolutely couldn't let them get away with physical play which would be in that situation that's not a horse collar horse it collar is a horse collar. he has his nameplate the rule says nameplate right i understand hand. he has a nameplate in his hand 
but you and I grew up up until yeah, I, I'm not like if we're going to disagree with if we want to have episodes talking about whether we agree with rules or not, like right. we're going to be here all day. What I'm talking about is from the letter of the law in 2021 NFL season, the it's referees, crazy. the penalties they called were were legitimate. They were of the rule book and the Saints did not get away with any neutral zone infractions. They didn't get away with any false starts. They didn't get away with any offsides. They, they didn't, didn't get, get away, away with, with any start. tauntings. What false start? There was a false start in the second half that the Saints did not get flagged for, and the play resulted in a first down. I remember okay. vividly tweeting about it. from. Buffalo. They got away with one false start. <laughs> they didn't get away just, with any hits to the quarterback right. head. They didn't get away with a horse collar. Like, that's to say that point, if, though, if, if, the, if the referees skew this thing, hits. what? I said, that's my whole point, is we have to go back and, and see what was missed before I'm going to concede that this game was called fairly. And again, we're we're yeah. not going to do that. And, and, not, and I'm, not, I'm not interested in doing plain that. And, plain and simple. We're not going to agree on but this. But even if you want to whittle this down to, well, the, the Buccaneers had four penalties with holds and everything else compared to the Saints' two, you don't lose the game because of that. Sure. And I didn't say that, that officiating was the reason they lost. It just didn't help. But officiating is not there to help. Your, it, it helped one side. Your it didn't help them. Point, they didn't help them because the Buccaneers earned point, every single penalty they got. Your original point that the Buccaneers needed to play smarter, more disciplined football and not put themselves in the situation, I agree with 100%. All I'm saying is I am not going to talk about the refs calling the game fairly when there's such a huge discrepancy on both sides. But well, again, I would have when, to go back when when people can show me the same play. amount of horse collars, taunts, and hits to the quarterback late or in the head, then I will agree. But a penalty is a penalty. It shouldn't matter if it's a horse collar or a hit. But those are the penalty. those are the differences, though. When you go through the rest of these penalties, when you go through the neutral zone infractions, the false starts, the holds, they're fairly even. If they're not, it's a couple of penalties for a, a, one way or the other, and that's not what's going to get. That's not what's getting fans. All, all, all riled up over the officials. That's not what has you saying that the referees helped the New Orleans Saints. What's helping? What's what? Yeah. What has people all upset is the eleven to two penalties called. It's the ninety nine yards compared to ten called. Again, if you whittle away the, if you take away the taunting, if you take away the late quarterback hits, if you take away the pre snap penalties, you're talking about the Buccaneers having maybe four penalties for about 25, 30 yards versus the Saints who have two for ten. You're not going to lose the game because of that. And fans and media aren't going to be harping about officiating because of that. But again, the Buccaneers didn't do anything or didn't get flagged for anything they didn't earn. And I did not see the New Orleans Saints do any of the things that the Buccaneers got flagged for without getting a flag themselves. Agree to disagree, but I do agree with most of what you are saying. Hey guys, Leighton in Tampa after the stinging Saints loss. Just a quick reaction. Um, yes, turnovers, penalties, but as was tweeted out on your account, we seem to get the penalties, but then they don't call the ones that the Saints were doing over and over again. So not going to say it's an officiating problem, but Antoine Winfield's interception should have stood. I mean, Golston getting his head, helmet ripped off, and they couldn't call that one, but going to call it. Um personal files off in the passion. I don't agree with it. But anyway, that seems to be how some of these go. So we'll just regroup regroup and thankfully it's a bye week and hopefully we'll get the other guys back and make a run for it after the bye. Have a good one guys. Take care. Go Bucks.
All right, Layton, appreciate the voicemail, buddy. Um, yeah, we're not going to talk about penalties anymore. We're, we're done talking about penalties on this on this episode. Uh, but we are going to talk about some more things, mainly our biggest takeaway, because we have so much time arguing about things that we can't win or change anyway uh, that we no longer have time for all of our takeaways. So we're going to give you our biggest takeaways from this game. After this argument, James, I think that we both need some vacation time, which uh, is, it's, is good because we have a little bit of time off due to the bye week. Uh, in life, guys, we're all bound for different things. Some of us like to blame officials, and some of us are realistic about things. Oh, wow. Beachbound.com vacations could give you your adventure if you're bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness, whether you're looking for immersion, rejuvenation, or maybe you're bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up at the poolside bar or maybe creating my own taco flight, whatever I need to do to get out of my next James Jarko argument. As long as I've got a good view and a good drink in my hand, I'll be happy as can be with beachbound.com. You can find the perfect beach vacation for you. No matter what you're looking for, what are you bound for? Visit beachbound.com today. Wrapping things up here on an argumentative edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast because we can't even get through an ad read without David taking shots at me. But hey, I love him anyway. He is, he, it, we may not always see eye to eye, but we are forever best friends. Um, yeah. Thank you for watching. If those of you who've stuck with us, follow us on Twitter at JRCO underscore box at DHarrison82. I don't know. This might be the most busy our comment section will ever be. Yeah. And, most of it's going to be aimed at me, I have a feeling. But let's listen at a Bucks Nation person who has a comment that maybe not will be aimed at me because they haven't heard what I just said yet. <laughs> What's up, boys? Tyler from Boston. Well, uh, <laughs> heartbreaking loss. I guess it's the simplest way to put it. And I guess you really just have to credit the Saints because any team in the NFL with, what was it, a minute and 40 left would have taken that quarterback, Tom Brady, uh, to run your two-minute drill and possibly win the game. And you know, I don't know what it was right after the half and or right before the half and at the end of the game trying to press maybe throwing it to Godwin in double coverage. But, you know, that's that's tough. But, I mean, like I said, you got, I guess you have to give some credit to them. And, uh, you know, second half adjustments I think were made, which looked good, but that first half looked kind of sloppy. And I think that would have been an opportunity to really try to um, – you know, make the Saints feel like they're in catch-up mode rather than the Bucks having to fill that role. But, um, you know, these teams are going to meet again at least one more time. And I think that that one is going to be a uh, – that's going to be a good matchup, hopefully. I know last year the Bucks got their butts kicked by the Saints before, you know, they went on that incredible run. And, you know, I'm not necessarily saying that this is a butt-kicking of the same variety, but, you know, I think losing in that method in that way to this team, to the Saints, I mean, that's got to motivate these guys, I hope. And, uh, you know, I hope that there's, you know, better football we played. We have a, a couple of, uh, you know, opponents that are definitely beatable. So I think that we'll just get on, get off to a, um, you know, get back on track. And um, hope Jameis is okay. And, uh, hey, it sucks, but we're still sticking to. Go Bucks. Tyler, thank you very much for the call. Unfortunately, as you all know by now, Jameis Winston did suffer a torn ACL and suffered some MCL damage. He will be out for the season. He may not even be back until after next season begins. We wish him well. Uh, you hate to see that happen. I, I tweeted out from multiple places. I said it in my pick six on Bucks Nation. I said it on here. Um, 
rivalry aside, jokes aside, all of that. Jameis Winston is somebody who has done a lot for the, the Tampa community. Uh, there are players, lots of players inside that Buccaneers locker room that still love him dearly. They are all still good friends. Devin White even said after the game that Winston was one of the first text messages that he got after winning the Super Bowl and congratulating him. You hate to see that happen uh, to, to somebody like Jameis. Uh, wish him well, a, a speedy recovery. David, um, I, I do agree with, with Tyler there. The Buccaneers did find a way to dig themselves out of quite the hole that they did dig in the in the first half and he's right i mean pretty much 30 out of the 32 teams maybe 29 of the of the 32 teams in the nfl in that situation down by two with under two minutes to play they would love to have tom brady under center it just you know tom brady admitted it. he made a terrible mistake he should have thrown it to a, an open mike evans instead he went to his his Locked on Bucks, blessed receiver of the week, uh, Chris Godwin, and it, it turned out to be a bad decision. But um, yeah, it it is what it is. Yeah, everybody's entitled to a bad decision uh, here and there. Let's David, get on to our biggest takeaways from this yeah. game, though, James, as we wrap up this episode. Uh, the Bucks haven't learned how to be prey yet. Look, November third of twenty twenty, Devin White tweeted the infamous tweet uh, that they have become the hunted and are no longer the hunters. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers then went on to lose three or four games. After that tweet went out, um, including one uh, to this New Orleans Saints team, of course, then you have the Rams and the Kansas City Chiefs in that mix as well. Uh, they some learned how to be prey. Um, at the end of the day, they, they just haven't. They just didn't match the intensity that the New Orleans Saints did in a in a, an intelligent way. The New Orleans Saints came out absolutely amped. Listen, Saints fans, New Orleans Saints, Saints media tried to downplay the game all weekend. Try to be like, it's just another game. You guys aren't really that important to us. You think you're that important? Listen. That Superdome was about as lit as it's ever been since after since post Hurricane Katrina. Okay, and Hurricane Katrina, the return to Superdome after that deserves all the excitement and all the energy in the world. With this game, had a lot of that excitement. If you don't believe me, go ask Ross Jackson, host of Locked On Saints podcast, because he'll tell you that place was turned up for this game, not for the win, not for everything else, for the game. Period. That place was lit. All right, so. Uh, the Buccaneers, we saw it against the Rams. They came out and they got bullied. They got pushed around by a Rams team and said, we are going to take your lunch money today. And the Bucs were just like, oh, man, we didn't expect this level of intensity from an opponent this early in the regular season. They came out on Sunday and they tried to match that intensity. The problem is a lot of that intensity led to some undisciplined plays, as we've been talking about, not just penalties, but also some other things that happened during the game. Um, and Tom, Tom Brady's interception there at the end especially is, is one of those examples. Um, and I think that's that's both a good thing and a bad thing, right? Because you hate to see them throw an opportunity to win a game away. But I think the good thing is, even with everything that happened, James, they could have won that game. And mm -hmm. most of the time, they're going to win that game. Like seven, eight, eight times out of ten, you're going to win that game if you're if you're a Tom Brady led team. So that's the good side to the bad is is that you were in that situation in the first place because that resiliency is going to help and. You know, I don't know if I would go as far to say this is going to be the turnaround like they had like they had last season because they don't really need a turnaround. They just need I mean, honestly, this looks like a team that that need to get hit in the face a couple times uh, this season to remember that you are vulnerable. You're not invincible. You can be beaten. So come in and play every game like you need to bring your A game because they brought a level intensity like the Buccaneers brought a level intensity to the Superdome. They just didn't bring a level execution with it. Yeah, and that A-level intensity ended up 
kind of costing them a little bit, you know, with, with some of the penalties, they were, they were trying to take an up an extra notch and they were shooting themselves in the foot. Um, my biggest takeaway is that the bye week comes at the perfect time. It's, it's not time to panic by any means. This is still a six and two football team. This is still a team that is first place in the division. Yeah, it stinks now that the New Orleans Saints are a half game behind and they have the opportunity to go into first place while the Bucs are sitting idle. But this is when the Buccaneers need the bye. You saw Gronk come back. He could only play a couple of snaps, started suffering some back spasms. Richard Sherman was the emergency guy. Great to see Levante David get back out on the field. But now these guys get two more weeks until their next game against the Washington football team. You're going to have Antonio Brown back. You should have Gronk back. Sherman will probably be able to get on the field. You have Carlton Davis and Sean Murphy bunting getting close to coming back. One of those two guys, there's a bold prediction for you without having any information whatsoever, either Davis or Murphy bunting. At least one of those guys is going to play against the Washington football team. But on top of all of that, the Buccaneers now have an opportunity to sit back and say, these are the mistakes that we're making. This is what we're not executing. This is what we need to work on. And they're going to come out of the bye, much like last year. I'm not going to say just like, but much like last year, they're going to come out of this bye a better football team, a more prepared football team, a more disciplined football team, because they're, they're going to sit there and they're going to say, look at all the mistakes we've made. It cost us a huge divisional game. It's costing us yards. It's costing us opportunities. Brady said he was upset two weeks ago that they didn't hang 50 up. Well, these are the, the kind of mistakes that are making these games far closer than they need to be against okay. opponents that they should be beating by 20 points on a weekly basis. And I'm not, I'm not saying the Saints are one of those teams, but the Washington football team, they're kind of one of those teams. They are so one of those teams. I, I expect. I'm going to say kind of. <laughs> I expect a rejuvenated, ready to play, not mistake free, but far fewer mistakes out of this Buccaneers team coming out of the bye. It's right in the halfway point. You couldn't ask for a better time for this team to be able to get right, both healthily and mentally at this point in the season. Yeah, I mean, the only team that needed to get right against a Washington football team that didn't do so so far in the 2021 NFL season are the Denver Broncos. They didn't get right against Washington either, but they still won, okay? So uh, the worst thing that the, that Washington could have coming out of the bye is a pissed-off Buccaneers team. I think you're going to get a, a pissed-off Tom Brady. You're going to get a pissed-off Devin White. You're going to get a pissed-off Todd Bowles. And look, even Dominican Sue, like, like you want evidence, and, and I'm not trying to turn stuff back up, but you want evidence that William Golson wasn't in the right there. And Dominican Sue even tried to corral him on the sideline, and William Golson didn't want to hear it because he knew 100%. how much he had messed up. So, I mean, these guys are not, they're not, they're not uh, uh, um, ignorant to their flaws. You know what I mean? They know what needs to be done, and they're, they're professionals. They're going to get it done, guys. The Buccaneers are six and two. Listen, the New Orleans Saints, especially without Jameis Winston, are not going to finish this season with only two losses. They are going to have more. I would be surprised if they don't have at least five by the end of the season. So for those people, uh, we're, we we try to talk Buccaneers fans back off the ledge. Right? We've been doing it really well for like seven, eight years uh, so far in our, in our careers here, James, um, before Tom Brady arrived. And now that Tom Brady's here, let us, let's talk you guys off the ledge again. This game is not going to cost the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the NFC South Division Championship. If the Buccaneers don't win the NFC South, 
this game is the least of your problems because there are some opponents coming up that they're going to have to lose to in order to lose the NFC South. They're going to make you so much more upset to lose against than the New Orleans Saints. That's a fair point. That's a fair point with that, David. We need to get out of here. Make sure you guys come back on Friday. I'll be joined by Evan Klosky. We're going to talk about what we've seen, what we expect to see. We're going to give out some midseason awards. Thank you to Patty, Layton, and Tyler. <laughs> Thank you to all of the comments section who are inevitably uh, defending me against David's shot. Comments are turned off for this episode. No, they're not. Uh, Thank you all for making Locked On Bucks your first listen and your first watch every day uh, free and available on all on all platforms. Make sure that you are subscribing to the YouTube channel, but also make sure that your second listen is the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It is also free and available on all platforms. You can check out everything David and I are doing over at BucksNation.com. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Thank you to Patty, Layton, and Tyler for their voicemails. If you want to send one in, the number is 813-444-5841. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to one another. Thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.